Welcome to Poems by Heart. Whether you're climbing onto an elliptical machine, slipping into a bubble bath, or five hours into a 15-hour family road trip, this is your sonic playground of poetry. We have the technology. We're going to build better brains, stronger vocabularies, and faster connections to a treasure chest of human thought and expression. Better. Stronger. Faster. I'm Cindy Dyson. Together we're going to build a more poetic you, and perhaps a more poetic world. Let's tune up our ears. Open our mouths and dare to memorize a poem together. High Flight by John Gillespie McGee I heard this poem as a young adult every time I'd stay up late enough that the TV networks went offline. High Flight would be recited with the accompanying film of Zooming Through the Sky. John McGee writes the sky into a landscape, then a playground, then into the profound and the spiritual. Listen. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of. Wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the wind-swept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And, while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touched the face of God. It's a short poem, only two stanzas, but somehow slippery to memorize. Several of the words are unexpected, surly, mirth, footless, trod, untrespassed, great words, especially when paired with these simple and sound-rich verbs, slipped, danced, climbed, wheeled, soared, swung, chased, flung, touched. There is a sense of childlike play in these words. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth. John McGee is only 19 when he writes these words on airmail paper in a letter to his parents. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Say it after me. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth. And danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Yes. Say it with me. This time I'll whisper. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. This phrase seems odd, laughter-silvered, until you know that John is a fighter pilot in training, and the silvered wings are his spitfire. 
Imagine John taking off in that tiny silver plane. Picture him slipping free of the surly bonds. Gravity. Then laughing as his silver spitfire dances skyward. Steady these two images in your mind. A man slipping, then dancing. Slip, then dance. These two images will form the backbone of memorizing the beginning. Now laugh. Slip, dance, laugh. Run an imaginary young man through this. Slip, dance, laugh. Picture him. Make it visual. Put him in a silver-blue jumpsuit. Or naked, or with a silver-winged hat on his head. Anything. But keep the progression. Slip, dance, laugh. Let's say these first two lines together. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and dance the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Listen. Sunward I've climbed, and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds, and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung. Do you hear the voice of a young, idealistic boy riding home when he says, done a hundred things you have not dreamed of? There is a touch of boasting here, I think. When John wrote this poem in the late summer of 1941, he was in training to be a fighter pilot with the Royal Canadian Air Force. He had done a hundred things his parents had not dreamed of. Imagine him slipping the bonds of earth as his spitfire danced in the sky. Now he climbs in that spitfire. Now picture him joining the tumbling clouds. All these things his parents had not done and he knows have not dreamed of. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth. Say it with me. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth. Say it after me. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth. Imagine our young man who has slipped, danced, and laughed. Now he starts to climb. He's looking up, and he sees tumbling clouds. Picture them. I'll give you time. The clouds are laughing. They're filled with mirth, like this young man. Listen. Of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things. Say it after me. Of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things. Say this after me. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things. Listen. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Say it with me. You have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Say it after me. You have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. The order of these actions can be hard to keep in line. Wheeled, sword, swung. 
Remember these by thinking we and picturing yourself soaring over a canyon on a rope swing, then swinging back toward land. So there's a we, a soar, and a swung. Try picturing these things. I'll give you time. Now let's put it together. Repeat after me. Sunward I've climbed, enjoying the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds, and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung, high in the sunlit silence. John was an American, born and raised in China to missionary parents. He was all set to attend Yale in the fall of 1940, but Hitler's aggression in Europe and John's sense of morality and duty sent him to enlist with the Royal Canadian Air Force. The United States was staying clear of the war in Europe. In his letter to his parents, John writes, I'm enclosing a verse I wrote the other day. It started at 30,000 feet and was finished soon after I landed. You can feel how much John loved flying, especially the daring, explosive flying while training to be a combat pilot. You can hear the lush adventures in his words here. High in the sunlit silence, hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Say it after me. High in the sunlit silence, hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung. Say it after me, my eager craft through footless halls of air. Say it with me, high in the sunlit silence, Hovering there, I chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. These rushing, high-energy words can be hard to keep in line. Try this. We've imagined John slipping, then dancing, then climb, laughing, then climbing. Now imagine him hovering after his little fighter plane has cleared the clouds and entered that sunlit silence. We all know. Here it is all wind, a shouting wind, that John fl flings his spitfire through, like rushing down halls in the sky mansion, footless halls because this is a plane after all. Say it with me. High in the sunlit silence, hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. That's the first of two verses. Let's say the first verse together. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung, high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. John's aunt loved the poem and helped get it published in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on November 12, 1941. Most likely, neither of us would have heard of John McGee or High Flight if a month later 
on December 11th, John, returning from a training exercise, high in his footless halls of air, had not collided with pilot Ernest Griffin mid-air, killing them both. Let's say that first verse again, together. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth, and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed, and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds, and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along, and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Your turn. I'll just whisper along in case you stumble and need me. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Nice! You got it! Now listen to the second verse. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand, and touched the face of God. Say the first line after me. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue. I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace. Let's put those two lines together. Say it with me. Up, up. The long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace. Now say it after me. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace. Did you hear the date of John's death? December 11th, 1941 four days after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, four days after a reticent United States changed its mind and readied for war. The poem skyrocketed, partly because John's parents were living in D.C. at the time. As assistant pastor at a D.C. church, his father had had High Flight published in the church bulletin. With the news of John's death, the first American casualty of what would become World War II, D.C. reporters flocked to the McGee home. John's father sent them away with copies of High Flight. This part is easier to memorize than the rest. Here, John's sky morphs from that playground for a 19-year-old boy into something profound, something that touches his spirit, his young notions of the divine. Say the first two lines with me. Up, up. The long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. Repeat after me. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue. 
I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace. Where never lark nor even eagle flew. Imagine the steep climb after takeoff, up the long, delirious, burning blue, because climbing that fast is delirious, and perhaps it burns. Then John tops the clouds so easily, with grace, he writes. Now it's just John and his spitfire, because he's higher than even the most numerous and the strongest birds. Say it with me, and I'll whisper so it's only you unless you need me. Days after John died, High Flight was being printed in newspapers across the country, put on plaques in airfields and flyers in airmen's pockets. John and High Flight had become a powerful recruitment tool for a country coaxing its young men to war. Listen, and, while with silent lifting mind, I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, for me, this is the hardest part of John's words to memorize. I imagine this young man grinning through the explosive, dizzying race upward, then suddenly, beyond the clouds and birds and sight of land, in this barren, beautiful skyscape, he is alone. He writes of this feeling of having a silent, lifting mind. For me, it feels like a sudden shift from adventure-seeking to a profound, awe-inspired, peace. Say it with me. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod. Now repeat after me. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod. Say it with me from the beginning of the second verse. Up, up the long delirious burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace where never lark nor even eagle flew. And, while with silent lifting mind I've trod. Now repeat after me. Up, up the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And, while with silent lifting mind I've trod. I'll read the next two lines, the last two lines. The high, untrespassed sanctity of space put out my hand and touched the face of God. This next line is one of the hardest for me. Listen. The high, untrespassed sanctity of space. Repeat after me. The high, untrespassed sanctity of space. I think John felt alone up there. He found it beautiful and terrifying, untrespassed, sanctity. You can hear John's religious upbringing, his suspicion that God is here. Say it with me. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space. Here we have trod and untrespassed. Trod, untrespassed. Say it. 
Remember these two words and picture trotting space that is untrespassed. Repeat after me. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space. Nice. One more line, the most famous line of the poem. Remember this one and the first line, and you'll own the heart of this poem. Repeat after me. Put out my hand and touch the face of God. Repeat after me. And, while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touch the face of God. Your turn. I'll just whisper in case you need help. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touch the face of God. Wow. Let's put this second verse together. Say it with me. Up, up the long delirious burning blue. I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And, while with silent lifting mind, I've trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand, and touch the face of God. Yes. Now you say it, this second verse, as I whisper it. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And, while with silent lifting Beautiful. High Flight is a stunning glimpse into an eager, courageous, doomed young man's love of flying and how it grounded him, in a sense, to his love of righteousness and of God. You will often find parts of the poem on headstones in Arlington National Cemetery, especially on the stones of aviators and astronauts. It is inscribed in full on the Space Shuttle Challenger Memorial. John McGee is forever 19, forever exalted and terrified of leaving land, exploring, adventuring in the sky, toward space and toward God. So let's do it. Let's recite the whole poem from the beginning together. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung, high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod high untrespassed sanctity of space put out my hand and touch the face of God now it's your turn I'll just whisper along with you oh I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter silvered wings 
sunward I've climbed, enjoying the tumbling mirth of sun-slit clouds, and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of, wheeled and soared and swung, I in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along, and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the wind-swept heights with easy grace, where never lark nor even eagle flew. And, while with silent, lifting mind, I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touched the face of God. You did it. If you feel like you need a bit more time with John and his footless halls, just rewind and give it some more time. Thank you for doing this with me. High Flight is now part of you. And for your listening pleasure, here is the network version of High Flight that I listened to so often as a child. Enjoy. Oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter's silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of. Wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased a shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark, nor even eagle flew. And while with silent, lifting mind, I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand, and touched the face of God. We just made our vocabularies a little richer, our brains a little more resilient, our company a little more stimulating, and our world a little more poetic. Most of us will need to engage with an episode three times to really memorize a poem by heart, but if you just want to get to know a poem and retain a few favorite lines, once usually does the trick. It's all up to you and how compelling you find a poem. Feel free to visit poemsbyheart.com to share your poem memorization stories or to help pick future poems and to learn more about all the ways memorizing poetry will make you stronger, faster, and an even better you than you are right now. Better. Stronger. Faster. Until the next episode, thank you for spending time with me in this sonic playground of poetry. <laughs>